Welcome to the I Am Sexy podcast. I'm your host, Ray, and this is a safe space where being vulnerable is the norm and sexy does not equal skinny. I'm here to remind you that beauty begins within, that life is just one big, beautiful mess, and that you, more than anyone else, are worthy of your own love. We're going to equip and empower you to dig deep and find your sexy because sister, you are worth it and you are stunning. Hey babe, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the I Am Sexy podcast. If you haven't already, I would love it if you would leave a review and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. These are what help get the podcast out there so that I can continue to serve women just like you. I love this tribe and I would love to connect with you. So come find me over on Instagram at IamSexyTP. Share your screenshots of this episode and let me know what you think. And before we dive into today's guest, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, for your support and for sharing this. I'm so grateful catching up with Grace Packer or known to her Insta fam as Goodness Gracie. I came across Grace a couple of months ago and was instantly magnetized to her vibrant, bubbly energy and positivity. When you hear her story, you'll come to see that she is the definition of strength and resilience. Grace is a type 1 diabetic, mental health advocate, abuse survivor, business owner and body positivity influencer. She's an incredible example of taking the cards we're dealt and making the absolute most of them. I could go on and on, but instead, let's jump straight in and hear it for yourself. Enjoy. Nervous, are you? Hey, Gracie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited, Rhi. I cannot wait to talk about all the fun things. I'm so glad you're here. How has your day been? How has your week been? How are you? This week, I must admit, I've had a bit of like a rough, bit of rough mental health days, but I've just been chilling this week, really, just getting myself back. Um, and this morning, I worked out, had a bit of a dance off, had so a bit of a good. dance session. I, yeah. Dancing is so therapeutic, like, it's good, hey. truly. Um, and then, yeah, I've just literally snuggled right now with my heater in the back because it's freezing today. Like, it's so cold. I can't stand it. It's I so hate cold. being cold. No, I get seasonal. I no, I get seasonal mm. depression. Like mm. I cannot stand it. Yeah, I'm a summer person. Yeah, don't ever yeah. move further south than the central coast. They hate because no, like, coming I from Melbourne. No. I was like coming from Melbourne. I was like, I didn't realize how depressed I was, but <laughs> <laughs> I literally went for a two-hour walk with a friend along the beach the other day, and it was oh. like on Wednesday. It was like sunshine and just amazing. Yeah. I just about went for a swim. I just didn't take my bathers, or I would have been in the water. And I was just like, Caleb said to me that night, he's like, "So you want to move back to Melbourne?" And I was like, "Nope." No, no, I don't. No, whatever. (laughs) So good. Okay. First question I have for you, and I don't know if I put it on the questions list because I don't think I ever put it on the questions list, was what colour underwear are you wearing right now? Okay. I'm wearing, they're multicoloured, so they're pink and purple. Oh, love it. So good. All right. Before we jump into your story. I would love to know what is your definition of sexy? Well, to me, sexy means just owning 
every part of who you are even the mm. stuff you don't like like your shadow self it's just standing in the complete authenticity of yourself mm. and just owning it and just loving it like yes sometimes I you know I have my weaknesses but I also have my strengths and that's what makes me me and I love yep. me like everyone's yes. flawed everyone has imperfections but just owning who you are owning everything and just standing there and being like I love myself and I am powerful like yep. that's what sexy means it, it's a feeling like people think mm. it's like how you look or what you wear like sexy you know Tim like typically like you're in a bikini and like you mm. know um that but lingerie it's not about clad that. yeah like yeah. lingerie clad women but it's really a feeling it's got mm. nothing to do with how you look mm. yeah I yeah. love that hey so what's the great story from you know I'm gonna There's leave it at that what's the great <laughs> story tell us all of it <laughs> okay so how much time do we have no like literally whatever comes to mind (laughs) well well let's start from childhood Mm. um basically as a kid I suffered really bad with anxiety um growing up I know that's because of the way my family was set up and like the abuse that was happening but um ever since I was five I had really bad anxiety like I'd have panic attacks I couldn't even go to preschool like for the full days I had to go half days um, my oh, mom wow. actually, I literally had therapy from the age of five yeah. because I just couldn't cope. There were times I wouldn't eat food because I was just like so anxious and I was like sick all the time. I had some, I had a lot of just anxiety um, mm. and like and depression as a child. Like I just, it just, I, like I say I was born with it. Like that, that's what my mom says. I just came out anxious. Mm. um and yeah like I'd worry about my parents dying all the time if I wasn't with them I had a lot of like codependency with my mum especially and then growing up um I kind of realized that anxiety came from my dad who um was like emotionally abusive he's actually a narcissist um and I think that's where that anxiety came from. So I was always an anxious kid and I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. And then I get to the age of 12 and then I get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, Yeah, wow. um, which was a whole other thing I had to deal with. Um, I almost died from it. Uh, I lost about... And this is so crazy at the time. I was so happy because I lost 14 kilos in two weeks. when I was 12 and here I was being so excited and my mum was obviously worried because Mm -hmm. that's not normal but here I was being so like happy that I lost that weight um which is just crazy because anyone that loses 14 kilos in two weeks there's something wrong like it's not Mm -hmm. healthy um and then I went to the doctor and then that night I was admitted to hospital in ICU because I was at risk of going into a coma yeah right so um that was pretty crazy and then after that um my mom's had a lot of attention with me um because obviously I was sick and I needed assistance because when when I got type 1 diabetes basically your whole life changes like um I went from you know just being a girl worried about going to high school and boys liking me 
and now I have to worry about keeping myself alive. So I went from, you know, having a fear of needles and everything. I had to give myself five injections a day. I have to um, test my finger and, and do all of that and manage and basically manage my pancreas. Mm, my yeah. pancreas, it just doesn't produce insulin anymore. Yeah. So, so it was like overnight my whole life changed and I just had to process that. But then on top of processing that, my dad's abuse got quite worse because mm. he wasn't getting the attention he needed from my mum. Mm. Because narcissistic people, they really feed off attention and when you're not yeah. doing what they want, it just gets worse. Yeah. So it would be to the point where mum would be sleeping with me and he'd come in the room and um, start having fights with me and my mum because um, my mum was just giving me too much attention, which sounds yeah. really childish, but he like he is like is a child. He can't see mm, yeah. past his own emotions in that yeah. situation. Um, yeah, and growing up with him was very, very tough. Um, I was never close to him, but, yeah. uh, you know, I do think I really did want his approval. Um, yeah, he was just very, very violent person. Um, just did a lot of, just like his, he just didn't understand. He just can't yeah. understand. Um, yeah. so yeah, when, when I had, when I got diagnosed, it got significantly worse. Um, and then when mum would go to work and I was alone with my sister, um, he would be very, very scary. Um, and just, I think he really, well, he told me he hated me, but so it's just like so silly, but he, um, he just got worse. And then when my mum left one time, he, uh, basically told me that having diabetes was my fault. And it was caused by my own issues and my own mm. issues with me being sensitive. So then when I was 14, I had to get therapy because I started to think that having diabetes was my fault. Yeah, wow. Um, Which, so of course, it's not because no, diabetes it's, it's, is not something no, you can give yourself unless it's... No, it's, it's not. So um, he just basically put that in my head because yeah. I was 14 and it's really easy to digest. Um, and then I had to get therapy for that. So I've had therapy that for a while. And then, um, it just got to a point where, well, mum got, mum had marriage counseling as soon as I got diagnosed. Cause she was, she, something was off with him. Yeah. She realized, so she got counseling with him and then the counselor diagnosed him as a narcissistic person. And then um, he basically told my mum, I'm going to make you strong enough to leave or this relationship's going to work out. Mm. And in the end, I think about 14, just about to turn 15, the abuse got really bad where um, I was just literally in tears every morning. My sister was in tears because we were so terrified of what he would do. Yeah. And at that point, my mum was like, this is enough. Um, and we had to leave in secret when he went out one day and stayed at my pop's house for two weeks. Yeah. And um, 
then so then they separated and I haven't really had much to do with my dad since I was 15 just because he's still in a mentally ill place and he can't recognize the hurt and the pain yeah. that he's caused and um, for me that's just my boundary line like I'm not yeah. going to have someone in my life that's uh, really toxic and just yeah. his his he's in a lot of pain still so he can't um he if he can't fix his own pain he can't fix the pain he's caused other people yeah so i've just had to let that go um and over the years i've been learning to forgive him slowly for all of the pain yeah um which is a very difficult thing to do um but it's something that i've that you have to do for yourself like you have to because you're just drinking poison like they don't care Mm. like he he doesn't care so I'm just holding on to it yeah so yeah yeah it is really important hey like when we hold on to things it keeps us captive to those things it It doesn't necessarily keep the other person captive to them no it doesn't Um, which doesn't make it easy. <laughs> in fact, it almost makes it harder because it's like if they could just apologize and see and, and validate that what they've done was wrong, then maybe maybe I could move on from this. But at the end of the day, in these sorts of situations, we're never going to get that validation or at least no. not at the moment. Um, no. So, yeah, that's that's pretty, like, that's big stuff. Um, it's, and yeah, I think it's really... I think what I've heard, like I've talked to a lot of people, not just on the podcast, but just in general. And it is one of those stories that can feel so isolating to go through. And then when you're trying to explain it to people, it's like, you feel like people have no idea. And then the more you start to talk about it, people are like, yeah, that was my story. Yeah. That was me. That was, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what, you know, Caleb and I have been talking a lot about narcissism lately and you know, how prevalent it is in the workplace, it is. how prevalent yeah. it is in your home, in families, in, but it's general behaviors that people don't see as that. And so it's really difficult yeah. to understand. And usually people go through relationships for years. Like we're talking yeah. 15, 20 years before yeah. you realize that actually what you're dealing with isn't healthy and it's not normal. Yeah. It's, it's not normal. Mm. Yeah, great. Um, that is not great. The great was a really bad <laughs> word to use there. <laughs> so funny. Um, so obviously in that, um, there's there's obviously a lot of self-beliefs that are developed growing up yeah. in a home like that. Um, yeah. And I always say that the journey... Um, of becoming our sexier self starts with identifying and replacing those negative self-beliefs and getting us to a place like getting ourselves to a place where we fully believe that we are worthy and we are lovable and yeah um, you know that we are worthy of being of having time taken for us of of you know all those sorts of things what are some of the negative self-beliefs that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome them and I'm not just talking in regards to family. I'm talking in regards to everything from diabetes to friendships to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I hear that. (laughs) um, I think the big thing is never being enough. I've, Mm. I've really struggled with not being good enough for anyone. Mm. Um, 
and I've especially well with my home life I was never enough for my dad so um and, and then in that it kind of translated I never felt enough for anyone like mm. um up until the age of 15 I actually did not speak to anyone I was quite a mute child and like pre-teenager yeah, wow. like which is so different now because I'll just say whatever <laughs> I want and I do not care but back yeah. then I just didn't want to hurt anyone. I just wanted to please everyone. So, mm. um, and, and not being good enough, like with friendships, I didn't feel like I was social enough. Or if I said something like in a social setting, I would overanalyze what I said and I just feel stupid for saying things. And I just, then I just wouldn't speak because I didn't feel like I didn't have anything valuable to say. Mm. um especially especially with diabetes management um it's very unpredictable so I felt uh not good enough in that realm either where I felt like I especially going with through all the stress at the time with my parents and then I was also getting bullied at school because I was a sensitive kid Mm. and then coming and then having to deal with diabetes on top of that my levels my blood sugar levels they're meant to be around normal people are meant to have like five to seven that's their normal mm-hmm. range but mine was just like 15 it was like 15 10 like they're just crazy numbers and that made me feel really down on myself it made me feel really sick um I was always tired so I just think I just had such high and harsh expectations of myself mm. um you know I needed to be pretty I needed to be social I needed to be smart I needed to like I need to have both my parents love me I just put all these expectations and I made it my responsibility to just Mm. please as much as I like people as much as I could um yeah and that it just yeah it just sucked like I just never felt good enough I I really did not feel pretty that was a big thing for me like any mirror I walked past I, I just looked down like this even at school because I did not want to look at myself because I just felt so ugly and I hated my freckles so badly as a kid I do not know why but I would like try and get these creams that were meant to get rid of like dark circles to try and lighten my freckles up and I just felt so so ugly and I, I think it also comes from like boys or so like you know play like making jokes on you and playing tricks and I was just like Mm. I'm the and I just kind of put myself in this box where I was like well I'm good at schoolwork like it's just so weird the talk I had with myself I was like yes I may be ugly I'm not pretty but I'm good at schoolwork so I'm gonna really focus hard on schoolwork and focus hard on being like a good daughter and focus hard on being a good friend I just put so many expectations on myself that what I did was never, ever good enough for anyone. Mm. Which is, and I guess putting in the context of like you growing up, and I know that we've chatted about this, so I know that this is okay to say, but when you live with trauma and chronic trauma especially, um, you know, we do start to try and compensate and, and get the things that have been withheld from us through performance and behavior and I know for me um you know I would do anything growing up to just be quiet to not 
upset people because if people were upset with me, then I was unlovable. Yeah. Um, if people don't want to be around me, then that's, that's because there's something wrong with me. That's yeah. not their problem. That's my problem. Yeah. And now as an adult, having walked through some of those really difficult self-beliefs and, and actually seeing, okay, what I am dealing with here is actually other people's problems that I've taken on yeah. and have let define who I am. Yeah. And actually that's not who I am. <laughs> that's not yeah. who I am at all. That's a bunch of lies covering my truth. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, it, and then it translates to the school playground where it's like, you're a quiet kid, you're sensitive, you're, yeah. you know, you're those sorts of things. And that's not actually who you are. And anybody who gets on Instagram and listens to you talk knows that that is not yeah. who you are in your true no. self. Like, and that's no. me. Like I was so loud and outspoken as a kid, um, out of just, you know, a need to be heard and validated. Yeah. Um, and then eventually people just kept telling me to shut up. And so I just decided that, oh, actually not talking at all is the best thing for me here. And so I just said nothing. And I like, I didn't go to the point of being mute. I would just sit in conversations. And what went through my head was don't talk. They won't like you. Yeah. And it's wow. so like, so toxic. It's so toxic. Yes. It's, it's just crazy how those little moments that don't seem like a big deal at the time shape your behaviour. Mm, like when massive. you look, like when, when you reflect and look back, like everyone has trauma. It doesn't mm. matter. Like everyone has trauma on any level. Mm. It, it, it could be small or big. There is trauma. It just it yep. affects everyone differently. Like there are behaviours we have because, yeah, like a kid could have said to us, well, you're fat and then that might have stuck in our head and then we might have stopped eating less or mm. yeah like as you said like told to shut up and then you just don't speak because you don't yep. want to upset anyone it's yeah it's just this whole thing of being a I just think I think I watched my mum too and she was a natural people pleaser yeah and I like I love my mum and she's a big icon for me especially when I was younger too she was my role model mm. So I wanted to be like her. And there was a moment, like, this is completely unrelated, but my um, dad would come home from work and he would expect to have dinner and I would have to put, this is so pedantic, but I would have to put three, exactly three ice cubes in his um, wine glass and fill up his wine and I would serve him wine every night he came home from work. Mm. and to me that was normal and mm. I felt really and I felt really happy doing that because he was so pleased with me doing that yeah and um one one day my mum pulled me inside and she's like you know that's not normal right like you don't have to do that for boys you date or anything and I was like okay I was like that's kind of weird you're telling me that um mm. And I, find, and I found it really weird. So even like she kind of knew something was off and she was trying to tell me, don't, you know, fall short of what you deserve basically mm. in that moment. And I found that, and that's always stuck with me mm. for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to watch people come out of spaces like that, believing yeah. that they are only worthy of so good or that they're not worthy of 
the best, that they're not worthy of the things yeah. that are actually worthy of respect, love, time, validation, investment. And so they settle and they go, well, yeah. I just want to be loved. Yeah. So I'll take any love. And it's like, this isn't love. This, that's not love. No. That's not the love you deserve. Um, no. Yeah, it's good. I, I love hearing about your and Joel's marriage because I, <laughs> I love seeing that, you know, what you've come from to what you have. I know. Was, was not settling. Like you have a no. husband who loves you. And we were just talking about this off the back of another interview that I did about how, um, how men just can't, and, and this is something I don't think men say often, but they, you know, within a marriage, I know my husband says it to me a lot, is that they just can't, they don't want to live without us. They know that their yeah. lives are better with us in it. Yeah. And I think, you know, men have trauma and, and yeah. so do, like so do women and narcissism doesn't just sit in the realm of men it sits with women it, sits no. it doesn't discriminate it does. um but when you have people that have come to that space they don't know how to love without without control without having to get something in return without having to manipulate yeah. and it's so difficult and it just shapes these beliefs that oh why not we mustn't be lovable unless we can give them back what yeah. they need and yeah it's such a difficult cycle to break, but, and that's what I love about listening to you talk about your marriage with Joel is that that cycle has broken and you know, yeah. it's, it's still a process working through this stuff doesn't ever yes. end. It's part of no. the fabric that makes up your life now and who yeah. you are, but it doesn't determine the outcome. No, it and that's awesome. No. That's so good. Um, there's so many stigmas around the word sexy. <laughs> so yeah. many. Um, what are some of the ones that you've experienced? Well, I think the word sexy, I think, you know, stereotypically it means pr provocative, mm. you know, and I think sexy is a word that's kind of, for me, it's always been used to entice men. It's not really a mm. word for women empowerment. Yeah. For me, like growing up, it's a word that's you know um and like what comes to mind is just like those american cheeseburger commercials for some reason and the girls are like you know in tiny skirts and they've got the lingerie on and they're like just eating a burger seductively yeah and that scene is sexy but that's not sexy to women like women mm. look at that and we're like uh like that's just like that's like that's more it's not realistic to, no it's not realistic and it's appealing to the man yeah and I think this you know I think people think being sexy is popping on lingerie and then just having sex mm. and to me that's like sexy is not really about that like I feel sexy when I feel confident it could be if mm. I'm doing something with work or I posted a photo on Instagram I'm really mm. I'm really proud of um it doesn't come from sex really yeah. And it, yeah, yeah it, I think sexy, like typically when I was growing up, was a word used for male approval. Yeah. Really. It was just, yeah. And now it's, it's different now. I think being sexy is a feeling and it's, and it's a vibe. It's not, mm. it's not what you wear and it's not the approval you get. It really, truly for me comes from inside. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, it's funny because when I had this conversation with Caleb, 
about a month ago and it was sort of like, okay, well, what does sexy mean? And I've had this conversation. I know you would have heard it with the podcast that I did with Jesse. Um, men's yes. take on what sexy is and women's take on what sexy means are very different. Yeah. And one of the things Caleb said to me was the word sexy to me, I associate that with um, something that is insinuating sexual gratification. Yeah. It is it is the stepping stone to sex and gratifying. And it's actually like the, the I don't know how to word it, but it, it basically insinuates that women are there to please men. Not yes. that, you know, and if a guy is labelled as sexy, it's it's the same sort of thing. It's like yeah. that's very visually appealing, very Yeah. Um it's a it's a it's a deprecative word, but it's it's got this yeah. gratification attached to it. Um yeah, it's a difficult one too, especially if you don't have the classic skinny typical body. Exactly. Yeah then then what is sexy like yeah exactly like I mean I didn't feel sexy for the longest time even when I was with Joel like I think where oh I was 17 when I met him so I was still like trying to figure out myself and like I had a lot of issues like I just lost a ton of weight because I got really sick at that time so I felt really good then I gained it back on a couple months later and I struggled for like a couple months and like Joel brought me lingerie and all that and I tried it on and I just was crying in the mirror because I was like I like I don't feel sexy like I'm too big like why why would you want to have sex with me and yeah I just felt horrible because I don't like I don't have the typical skinny body yeah so yeah and there I guess like five or six years ago there wasn't a lot I mean social media was becoming a really big thing but there wasn't it a was. lot to tell us that, you know, everybody is actually sexy. Every body is, you yeah. know, that, that typical saying of everybody is a bikini body. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that you, that have helped you learn to really love your body? I think, well, the first thing was I was just sick of feeling like crap and always mm-hmm. judging myself because it gets so tiring you know, looking at yourself and then being very, like, overly critical. Um, mm. And I was just sick of it. And I, was, and I just felt like something needed to change. And I do think Instagram truly helped me with that because I started following more accounts that were more my body type. And I was like, yeah. she, like, she, like, she looks really good. And then I was like, wait, but I look like her. Mm. and I was like well well why can't I wear that or why can't I be confident like that then I was kind of thinking well maybe the problem is not me and maybe it's what I'm taking in um and then I've just really um been passionate about learning about how to love myself and I read a really good book last year that really helped me just catapult into really truly just owning who I am it's by mm. Louise Hay. I think it's um, I think it's how to heal yourself or how to love yourself. Um, okay. Yeah, she's really good, and my mum gave it to me, and I was like, oh, I'll read that, and it actually helped. Um, I started doing a mirror affirmation, so you look at yourself in the mirror, 
and um, just saying I love you and looking at yourself truly in the mirror because it brings out mm. the inner, like it brings out the inner child. And yes, you feel uncomfortable and silly doing it when you first start doing it, but because you keep telling yourself that, you actually start believing it mm. because the whole well, I'm not skinny enough or I'm not pretty enough. That's not actually the problem. The problem is that you've been told that Mm. and you feel that the problem really is your external beauty. The Mm. problem really is like what's happened internally to make you feel like that. Yeah. So just doing those affirmations and then just reading more books on body positivity, watching heaps of videos and also just going out of my comfort zone. Like I, the first time I posted a picture in my um, underwear on Instagram was only a month ago or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it was just this moment of, I, I'm just going to do it. Yes. I'm scared. Who cares? I, I just going to do it do because anyway. I need to for myself. Yeah. And doing that has just led me to so much more confidence uh, in myself in just a matter of a month. Like, yeah. And you're, you're always learning. Like you never get to this point where you're 100% satisfied with yourself because there's always something that you're going mm. to need to work on. And as you grow, you, there's going to be new experiences that you need to work on and figure out. But I enjoy learning more about myself mm. all the time. Yeah. And, I, and I enjoy the challenge now of being like, oh, there's like a block here because this is what happened. This is what has happened in my childhood. So I can now heal, like heal that. I think things come up when, when you get stronger, more things come up because you're ready to heal with them and deal with it. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just what that's I've awesome. been doing. And yeah. I mean, I, I've always growing up, my mum's always been quite a positive influence and really um, helped me and pushed me. Yeah. Um, but doing that for myself and realizing that I have a problem um, has been really good, like as an adult and relying on myself and not relying on maybe like my mum to make me feel better because I've, mm. I've got to make myself feel better at the end. Like there's no one has your back like you do basically. Yeah. And if you, if you don't have, if you don't have your own back, then who's going to have your back? Yeah. No one. I'm writing that down. That's good. <laughs> has your back like you do that's so good um I love that hey because I think so often we are passive we passively absorb what the stimulus around us tv social media that sort of stuff music and we we passively absorb these messages that reinforce these beliefs that we have about ourselves and so when we can start to go you know and it may just be one photo and it's like this girl looks vibrant and her body is similar to mine what's what's the missing key here and then you go on this journey of like oh she's actually connected to this whole community of people who are yeah you know curvy and rocking it and and I just need to be really clear. There is nothing wrong with any body type. We're not um, no, body shaming wrong. here full no. stop. Um, and I think there is, you know, there is a lot of, there is a lot to be said at the moment about, um, you know, girls who are curvier and it's like, this is okay. 
And then there's, you know, the girls that are slimmer and it's like, well, what we're saying is that's not okay. And that's not at all what we're saying here. No. What we're trying to say is no matter what you look like, you're beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Beauty, Beauty and looks don't always sit side by side on the spectrum. Um, do you find, what do you think has helped you to keep those beliefs in check? Um, when it comes to things like friendships and that sort of stuff, what sort of boundaries have helped you to hold on to those beliefs and to empower yourself when there are other mess, like when there are messages reinforcing those old thought patterns? Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. They, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Well, um, with friendships, I've been lucky. No one's really, you know, triggered me in a way um, that would help. I think, honestly, sometimes with my mum, like I'm very close to my mum, she's still got a bit to go with her self-love body positivity journey. I think yeah. just because she's older, I think older women have a harder time. Mm. because um back then it was really how how you looked and if if you could attract a man and um I think it was a lot like we've we've come a long way so but she's still Mm. you know she's she's grown up um in that type of world where your body you know you should look um thin and you should work out and do all of this and Sometimes she'll say to me, oh, I need to go and work out. I need to eat, eat this. I'm losing weight. I feel skinnier. I feel this. And, I'm, and I just have to tell her to calm down sometimes. Mm. And take, I said, I say, mom, you just need to calm down. Yeah. And it doesn't, it like the other day she worked out when she was feeling sick because she didn't want to like, you know, lose her figure. And I said, mom, that's really silly. Like if you feel sick, you need to lay on the bed and not do anything. You need to rest. So, yeah. yeah, like I have to set boundaries with her in a way and I have to tell her, well, that's not healthy. And I have to say, well, would you say that to me? Would you say that to my sister? Mm. And, and she wouldn't. So um, I'm really like teaching her how, how to set boundaries with her own mind. And also yeah. I'm also re- like reinforcing those boundaries with myself um it's like sometimes I get people messaging me on Instagram and saying they they have a weight loss tea or something and I'm like no I I think because I know the person I was back then Mm. and I was just so insecure I couldn't leave the house if my hair was perfect or I'd start crying Mm. and to me that, that that like that person's just like so boring and so pedantic and doesn't want to live life unless I look beautiful 24 7 what I didn't realize is that I look beautiful all the time it's Mm. like I don't have to wear makeup I don't have to have my hair perfect it's and I think I'm enjoying and living life so much more now because I just am who I am I don't care um and I feel good and I and I know I look good and I don't yes I mean, I think a massive trigger for me actually was looking back at old photos and seeing that maybe I was like a little bit thinner. But then I realized during that time I got severely sick. I was not looking after my diabetes at all. My mental health was a mess. And I just, 
And I got so much praise for being thin and losing weight, but I just truly wasn't happy and I was not looking after myself whatsoever. Yeah. So like having a bit of extra, I'm a lot healthier now. I'm actually a lot more fitter than I was back then. Like Mm -hmm. fit doesn't equate to being skinnier. Like, you know, people think that if you're skinnier, you're more fit, but that's, that's not really true. Yeah. Um, I'm way more fitter now than I was. I just think I'm overall, I'm such a better person than I was. So when those thoughts do creep back in and I think, oh, well, maybe I could lose a bit of weight or I'm having a down day. I'm just, I just think of the person I am now and how yeah. much more fun I am yeah. and how much more encouraged I am and vibrant I am because of that. And I'd yeah, rather, and I'd sure. rather be that person than be a shell of who I am. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like, um, oh, I had something really important here and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Uh, uh, what were we talking about being a shell of who you are not being that's what I was gonna say do you feel like that's gone now this is really fast Uh um that's it so if you're like often when we don't feel our best this is my experience when I say we I'm talking about me um When I don't feel my best and when I'm starting to judge my body or be like, you know, I put on weight and this and that, I actually physically know that I'm not looking after myself. I'm eating crap food. I'm, you know, I'm just simply not taking the time to look after myself and to nourish my body in the way that it needs. Um, And so then I get, so then it affects my mental health because I feel crap about myself because what I'm putting in isn't, you know, I put things in with this, guilt and I think there is a lot to be said around our relationship with food yes yeah I put things in and I'm like oh I'm guilty and like you know I shouldn't be eating this it's gonna have bad things let me tell you I've eaten like a queen for the last two weeks purely because I'm doing my gut healing diet not a diet my gut healing guide but I had two Macca's burgers last night and my god (laughs) would it be good I was like, I was so hungry. I hadn't had time to make dinner. I dropped Caleb off at a mate's place and I wasn't going home until I picked him up. And I was like, I've eaten so well. I'm just going to grab myself a couple of burgers because I can't have chips and I don't drink soft drinks. So I was like, I'm just going to grab myself like a cheeseburger and a quarter pounder and I'm going to revel in them. Yes. Oh, they were unreal. And I didn't eat them with any guilt because I was like, my body is killing it. I am loving my yeah. body sick with everything that I'm putting into it with, you know, yeah. the way that I'm looking after it. And so I, I'm not going to eat these with guilt. I refuse to feel guilty or bad yeah. about what I'm eating. Also, I am not going to look at this and then study my body for the next week to find it. Nice. Out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we do it. I remember going into ISO at the start of all of this stuff. And my goodness, I've never binged chocolate so much in my life. Neither, yeah, I did the same. (laughs) And I was just like, we ate blocks of it. Like, I'm usually like, you know, one block a month sort of person. And I love chocolate, but I can't have that much sugar. We ate blocks of it. And I was like, because I wasn't feeling the immediate effects of it, I kept eating. And then a couple of months later, or a couple of weeks later, I was like, I put on weight. I feel really crap. Yeah, um, my skin's bad. I have like moody levels, all sorts of things. 
Yeah. And it was simply because I wasn't looking after myself. But as soon as I've started to go, no, I'm going to look after myself. I'm going to be really intentional about what yeah. I'm eating. I'm going to know what's going in. And suddenly I, I just, I don't care. I look at my body and I'm like, I know that I'm looking yeah. after you. So I'm so yeah. happy. You are healthy. You are happy. Yeah. And uh, no, I haven't been as happy as I was eating those burgers last night. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so good. I oh, I love hamburgers. They're the best. So many. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. That's awesome. Okay. So the next question I have is what is something you think women need to hear more of? I really truly think that women need to trust their gut more. I don't yep. think enough women trust their intuition. Like mm. I think as women, we have such a strong intuition. Yeah. And we know the second when something is off yep. like I like I, I know for me I know it straight away oh sorry I've just got a leg cramp I'm sitting here yeah. like, ow. okay that's uh. sorry I just saw her he was like ow that's the okay. worst that's hilarious there we go okay um basically what I'll say is we just need to trust our gut and our intuition because yeah it's like I just really think we do have a special power as women yeah. and it's within us yeah. and for me I know when I've done something and I, and I haven't listened to my gut and I've gone against it something wrong has always happened that's put me in a compromising position or it's just lowered like my vibration or I just don't mm. feel right after it um and my mum's always saying like she's you know you just have to trust your gut basically because yeah. and I, I think as women too we're told we're crazy and we're told we're being too emotional. We Ugh. have all these, you know, yeah, like I, I yeah. hate it when I get told I'm too emotional or I'm I'm making things up. Yeah. Um, but we yeah, we just have to trust our gut and do what's right for us and not what's right yeah. for anyone else. I do think as women we do have a natural pleasing side to us where we do want to please everyone and we don't want to upset anyone because we don't want to come across a certain way. Yeah. But we just have to trust who we are trust your intuition and just don't care what anyone else thinks you just have to go full force and do you yeah I love that yeah it is so important to people pleasing um is such a so common and people don't recognize the the patterns that come out of people or the, the patterns that that indicate people pleasing as opposed to doing the right thing um, yeah, and I would even go as far as to say, "What the hell is the right thing?" Um, if you're yeah. if you're doing yeah, it out exactly. of any place other than love, you're doing the wrong thing. Um, yes, I love that. I love that so much. You definitely, yeah. Women need to listen yeah. to their gut. Yes. Okay, last question. Finish this sentence. I feel sexy when. I'm taking photos of myself in my underwear. Yes! I love it. <laughs> and that, you know what? I was looking at your feed last night because I was like, I've been so stunned with content stuff lately. And I was like, Gracie yeah. always does super great engaging content that is just super real and authentic. And I love it. You you get you get to your feed and it's just like, I'm here and I'm rocking it. And like, yeah. you know, here's my roles. Here's everything. And I'm freaking awesome. And I'm just like, yes girls got it like you you get it you understand it (laughs) I love it 
You just have to not care. Yeah, and just be confident. Basically. And your confidence comes yeah. through. It shines. Confidence is contagious. So it contagious. is. Where can people find you? Okay, so they can find me on Instagram at goodness Gracie with two underscores at the end. Awesome. Definitely yeah. check her out. I will pop a link to your Instagram account in our show in the show notes as well so that people can head straight there. Um, have a look at some of her stuff, guys. This girl is so good. <laughs> I actually can't even remember who I first discovered you through, but I just remember finding you and being like, oh, oh, this is going to be good. And we've had so many good chats since then. We hey, have. Oh, my so God. Good. Have you it found that changing cool. from like your diabetic focus to more of a body pause um, focus on your account that your community's just grown and suddenly like yes. I know you were saying last night your follower counts grown just like your, freak. <laughs> your yeah. community and the the people that Definitely. you're interacting with um, on a regular basis yeah like I get a lot of dms every day from people just saying thank you or um just asking me for advice and I love mm. it I'm even type 1 diabetic girls and they're like oh I really appreciate you speaking about that because I felt uncomfortable Mm. Uh, and I just I just love that sense of community and that we can all talk about uh, just loving ourselves and loving our bodies Mm. and yeah it's just it's just grown like I think I was really worried to change content I, I, I still talk about diabetes but for me right now, I'm just so focused on loving myself because that's where all the change happens. When you love yourself, yeah. your life does change. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to get that message out there because I know how it is to feel crappy and how it is mm. to be in such a dark place. Mm. And I just don't want people to feel like I do. So that's why I just post about everything and anything, just open book. And yeah, yeah. I, I just love the community. It's so great. I have so many great chats with everyone and I love it. It's just so good. That's awesome. You are doing yeah. awesome things. You bring like this, this light and this vibrance to this space and, you know, people love it. And you are the first person to get behind other people and be like, this girl is gold. Yeah. And I love what they're saying. And like, this is something I love about Instagram that I think people look past is there is a community on there that are so quick to jump behind you and celebrate you without knowing you at all. Um, Exactly. And, you know, but I also feel like it's the one place you can be the most authentic self. Like people show up all their warts and they're like, hey, this is the broken part of me. And people are like, we love that part of you. Bring that part of you more. Because people relate. I think Instagram used Mm. to be a place where it was very cute curated and perfect and you know uh but now it's a place it's becoming a place where people just share their raw vulnerable self yeah and it's just so powerful it really is like people aren't afraid anymore to just be themselves and I love it that's good it starts with a bit of empowerment hey empowered women definitely empower women yes Yes. definitely it's so good Gracie thank you so much for coming on it's been so awesome to chat with you thank you so much for having me I'm honored I'm so excited babe thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the I am sexy podcast I hope you loved this chat as much as I did Before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I promise this podcasting amateur improves. 
and to leave a review. Every little bit that you, my beautiful tribe, do to support me and to show me your love means the world. So thank you so much again for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week for another sexy chat. Bye.